the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Rob Black. Let's jump right into it. Facebook, Google, and Alphabet. Well, that's Google's company. Microsoft all hit new record highs recently. Amazon and Apple are close to all-time highs. These are the five big tech giants, so to speak. They occupy the top five ranks of the largest companies by market cap in the U.S. Up 34% this year, these five are as a group. That's $800 billion between the five of them that they've added to the stock markets. Go write the number down, $800 billion. That's freaking nuts. Um, they've added value almost equals the combined worth of the biggest five companies at the bottom of the bear market in 2009. So they're, they're owning it. Apple's pending tax bill in Ireland's $13 billion. Now go write that number down and think of, man, I owe the IRS $13 billion. Now for about 150 companies in the S&P 500, that would be their whole market cap. Whoa. As my friend Donald would say. $13 billion for 150 companies in the S&P 500. That would be their whole market value. But when you look at Apple's cash balance of $261.5 billion, it's not even a speed bump. Whoa. Whoa. So that's the sexy, glamorous part of technology and tech investing. Now, when you get into the semiconductor areas, it's not as sexy. But total sales of semiconductors last year were $338 billion. Not too shabby. The Philadelphia Stock Market Semiconductor Index is approaching $1 trillion in value. These are big numbers. It's worthy of throwing out every now and then as we uh, start to sift through this. Facebook and some other large tech companies are recruiting new employees with top security clearance to help in efforts to fend off. Dun, dun, da. The government. So under siege for letting their platforms be co-opted by Russian hackers during the 2016 election, Silicon Valley companies are learning you know, what a lot of businesses with interest in Washington have long known. It pays to have government security clearance employees on your payroll. That's, you know, borderline truth, right? But at the same point in time, you're like, really? Do we have to go there? And the answer is yes, we do have to go there. Bad news if you are a um, fan of Google trying to compete with Apple in the world of technology and cell phones. Uh, We're quickly learning that some new Pixel smartphones uh, are turning into disaster for a launch of the product. The Pixel 2, it's been beset with problems. Um, One, the screen was burning in, and that's not good. Now, two, we're learning that it's starting to make weird phone uh, noises, high whirling sounds. So there's no better Android phone anywhere, so says the reviews. But when the reality and push came together... It's catastrophic as far as launch goes. The screens um, are the first part. So there's ghost images of icons remaining on the screen of the Pixel 2 XL 
long after they should have disappeared. Um, the navigation bar is staying there, for instance, because it's kind of burning in. Uh, but now the image retention isn't the only serious concern, but um, the clicking and whining sounds. So dozens of, dozens of users are complaining to the official Google forums that their devices are making strange clicking and high-pitched noises. So there's been issues with pricing and deliveries. And again, it shows you how good Apple has it. Now, how good does Apple have it? It's not that good. Um, there's going to be some iPhone X. Oh, I just did it. I should have to put some money in a, a, a sin jar. The iPhone 10 shortages, right? Apple's most advanced iPhone is going to come uh, pre-ordering live on Friday. Several reliable reports have suggested Apple's having trouble making enough to meet demand. When asked about the report, CEO Tim Cook said, we'll be working as hard as possible to make as many as possible. Uh, but they're also saying if you want to get one, go to the store, get in line, be prepared to wait all night long. Um, Apple is only going to be able to manufacture 20 million iPhone 10 units, which is about half of what they expected to produce this year at the launch. Um, this means the iPhone 10 will be very difficult to find before Christmas, which means all the slipping numbers on the iPhone 8 recently might start getting a little bit more of a boost as people start realizing, uh-oh, Junior wants one for Christmas, and we don't have the ability to get the iPhone 10. Therefore, mom's going to do the second best thing and get the iPhone 8 only to become the worst mother of the year when your son opens up his Christmas present and it's an iPhone 8. And for a second, he thought it was going to be an iPhone 10. But... And first things first, he goes, I hate you, Mom. I hate you. And at that point in time, you start drinking. You go into a prolonged binge. The prolonged binge turns into weeks and months. You start losing your hair, your and your spouse uh, break up and leave each other, and your son uh, picks up an uh, unattractive drug habit and drops out of high school. That's right. All because you got the iPhone 8 instead of the iPhone 10. Congratulations, you ruined his life. Facebook's changing the way it, uh, news feeds works in six countries. Media organizations that don't pay to have their posts promoted will only see their content show up in users' explore tab and not in their main feed. Oh, boy. So, I don't even know what that means. Uh, tech evangelist Robert Scoble is leaving his virtual reality startup uh, due to sexual assault allegations. Um, Co-founder Shell Israel will keep running the company on his own. Um, man, men in power. Um... <sighs> Men in power. Amazon shutting down its five-year-old Amazon wine division. Oh, that's too bad. Why, though? Because uh, they now have Amazon Prime, Amazon Fresh, and Whole Foods, which has a variety of wines that sell at different price points. I never had the Amazon wine. I would imagine it was pretty awful, but I don't know. So keep in mind, I like grape juice. I like grape juice. Remember, uh, remember when the good old days of Michael Jackson when he referred to wine as Jesus juice? And that was his way of like doing a little sippy sippy on the hard stuff without uh, looking like he was breaking any sort of sponsorship or image issues with children. Snap updated its Snapchat app on iOS. The new version allows users to oh, share external snap. links inside the chat and to also temporarily disable location sharing for Snap Map without having to turn it off completely. 
There's some new lines of code inside the Google search app now, suggesting that the company is working on a touchscreen-enabled Amazon Echo Show-like device. Um, Amazon comes out with these products that are kind of new ideas, and Apple and Google copy them. So says me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, markets open up in record territory. It's Caterpillar, it's 3M, it's General Motors, it's Eli Lilly, it's Polaris, all reporting better than expected earnings. It's an earnings-driven rally. Busiest earnings, uh, busiest week of the whole earnings season with about a third of the S&P 500 companies reporting by Friday. I love this time of year. It's a wonderful season we all find so pleasing. Earnings season. The iPhone 10 going to be hard to find again. Um, pre-orders start 12.01 Pacific time on Friday. So um, feel free to stay up all night long um, and get your phones ordered. I bet they're going to have big value selling on eBay um, for those who do get versus those who do not. San Francisco's housing market is so dire, a burned-out home is selling at $800,000. It was completely gutted. It was a one-bedroom, one-bath house, and it will need to be demolished. So... um, it's going to sell for more than it's listed as, right? You know it, and I know it. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So this sounds like Lord's. But it's K-Flay. Whoa. Blood in the cut. I know. I know you're saying. How do you know this? It's a breakup anthem. I know. We all need breakup anthems. Would you not agree? K-Flay was at home for Christmas in her parents' basement in a dark emotional place. Writing dark lyrics. I can't see my heart in the blender. Reading through your messages, my favorite way to die. Just embracing the spirit of love. And this all happened in San Francisco. I know. Speaking of San Francisco, there's a home in San Francisco on the market. Come live in the Bay Area. We need more people. Seriously, come. There's a burned-out house waiting for you, and it only costs eight hundred thousand plus dollars. For you, for you will get the right to tear it down and build what you want. If you can find a construction worker that's not right now up in the North Bay, in Napa and or Sonoma, rebuilding that area. Uh, talking about high demand. I love jackhammers. Probably my favorite thing in the world to operate because it, it can kill you. 121 Gate Street, a one-bedroom, one-bathroom house, 1,700-square-foot lot. The lot is 1,700-square-foot, not the house, the lot. Um, it's in Bernal Heights, or Bernal Heights, if you want to be more Malapetus-oriented. Uh, the house was completely gutted in a fire in 2016, so it's been sitting there waiting to be demolished. The price tag uh, is pretty high, but it shows you the extent of how out of control the housing market is in the Bay Area in San Francisco, where tech workers create more demand faster than the city can build new housing. If you take a look at Redfin, go to redfin.com and punch in 121 Gate Street, San Francisco. You'll see some beautiful sunlight streaming through the holes in the ceiling. 
where ultimately an early morning fire ripped through the property in 2016. Everything was reduced to ash and rubble. Um, it's worth seeing because Bernal Heights has lovely small markets, cafes, restaurants, and nail salons, which for the record, I don't like nail salons. I know you're saying, let's come up with a list of things Rob Black hates. Say what? Hate $400 shoes. I hate nail salons. Uh, why do I hate nail salons? I hate nail salons because A, I find them gross and disgusting, and B, I find them gross and disgusting. It's a Rob Black attack. Wow. Black. You're black. Whatever you do, okay, I'm not going to say don't go to nail salons because there's people that work there, but let other people go to nail salons is my advice. Um, just the whole scraping of toenails and fungus, and then reusing that equipment. I don't care how much you sterilize it. It makes me mildly nauseous. It actually makes you nauseated. The toenail fungus that you're looking at and or maybe tasting, if you've got that toenail uh, toe fungus thing going on, is, is nauseous. It's, it's, it's like toxic and it intoxicates you. It's intoxicating. Um, but you get the idea. So, um, single family homes in the enclave that is Bernard Heights are up 75% in the last five years, uh, sitting at 1.36 million for the median sale price. It's the location, it's the land, it's the opportunity to build. So says realtors. I own real estate and I'm not knocking real estate. What I am saying is, uh, people are a little loco in the cocoa. So McDonald's, uh, same-store sales up 4.1%. A company we all love to bash. I felt a little awkward talking to uh, Patrick O'Hara because I was like, you know, no one would take their kids there. He's like, I take my kids there. Oh, wrong thing to say. It's like I got toe foot in my mouth. And uh, nothing worse than like a, a foot with six toes. Oh, and then with fungus on them. And that's what I felt like. That's what I felt like. But on top of the um, the thought, the idea, the McDonald's doing better than expected, their stock's at an all-time high. A couple of years ago, they were like, we're going to introduce breakfast in the morning, breakfast all day long. And people were like, that'll never work. It's worked. Millennials are lazy people who sleep all day long, and they want to wake up at 1 in the afternoon and have uh, uh, breakfast. How is that for painting a whole group of people? Probably incorrectly, but I'm not going to stop this train of, of insight uh, for the facts. Screw that. This is way too much fun as is. Um, All right. Taco Bell, in an effort to get you into their stores, is introducing the very scary Kit Kat quesadilla concoction. And it is exactly what it sounds like, uh, Kit Kat chocadilla. So it's, um, I don't know who would order one, but someone is. So, Lord & Taylor, their store was sold for $850 million, the flagship store. That um, is what it is. Engagement season is here, and uh, a lot of people are going to get engaged between now and New Year's Eve. I say, I say that's lovely. I say it's a great idea to put a ring valued between $5,000 and $13,000 on your love's hand. I say there's no need to get a prenuptial agreement. Don't even do a postnuptial. 
everything's going to go happily ever after. Why value anything that you brought into the marriage as your own? Just mingle all your assets because things are going to go without a hitch and without uh, a fly in the ointment. I, I know you're saying fly in an ointment. That doesn't even make sense. It is what it is. Just go with it and happy marriage to you. Happy, happy marriage to you. And for the record, everything I've just said in the last 90 seconds is bowl baloney. And one thing I won't eat. I know another thing I hate. I hate toe fungus, right? Get ready for another raw black attack. Bologna. Sandwich meats. Slimy and gross. Why is it slimy and gross? I want to know who put in, yeah, let's get some fresh cut ham or some fresh cut turkey and make it slimy and gross. Um, who was the architect who said, you know what this needs, this, this piece of ham that's going to go on a ham sandwich, uh, it needs slimy and gross coating put on top. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I wouldn't even buy it for a dollar. So it's just, ooh, ooh, that's all I have for you. Um, and that's about it for the show today. I think we're done. I think at this point in time, we could all go home, take a nap. <laughs> you know, you're old when your idea halfway through the day is, this would be a good day to take a nap. Um, and you know who you are out there. And that's all I'm going to say. So home equity loans are set to soar as home prices are soaring. People are taking equity out of their homes and trying to go, what can I do with this? I'm in that camp. Are you? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Um, find me at Rob Black Show. And if I have a seminar come on up, use the code RADIO25, RADIO25 to get in free O charge. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Dow hits up triple digits at the open today. Caterpillar 3M and others doing quite well, leading the Dow into record territory again. Whoa, let's talk about it. Bring in Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob, I'm doing okay, thanks. I saw recently that you won a big award. Can we talk about that? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> You won. Um, you, how did that, how, tell me how this all came about. Well, um, so the award you're referring to was the uh, Market Watch's top economic forecaster of the month, uh, and it was for the month of September. So, uh, in addition to <clears throat> some of the other things I do at Briefing.com, you know, like page one and the big picture, which oftentimes is more stock market centric. Um, although the big picture obviously uh, dips into the realm of economics. Every now and then, um, I also provide the uh, economic forecast for the briefing.com economic calendar. So, and it just turned out, I guess, that uh, the forecasts that I provided for September were were better than a lot of forecasts that other people provided. <laughs> so, it has to feel uh, so pretty good. It has to feel pretty good because at times a lot of people think that Wall Street feels like a game, but there is a lot of math and a lot of science that goes into a calm understanding of what direction we're moving. 
Right. Well, I joked, uh, you know, I don't have a Ph.D., so I guess uh, I, I might have saved myself six years and a couple hundred thousand dollars in education <laughs> by, by not doing that and still uh, still won that award for that particular month. But I guess it also would be remiss not to add that it's the first time I've won that award, which is to say that, uh, you know, um, I've, I've learned, like many others, that economic forecasting is a very humbling endeavor. With that said, let's talk about... Um market forecasts, and it feels like the market's ahead of itself. I'm going with it. Maybe we'll have a less of a good year next year and kind of balance things out. But are you feeling that there's too much momentum? Because turning on the television this morning on Bloomberg and seeing the Dow was going to open up triple digits, I was like, whoa, uh, didn't we just hit a big round number and now we're moving towards another big round number? Uh, yes and yes. Uh, and it's driven, though, today, I mean, by the very factor that you'd want it to be driven by, which is really better than expected earnings news and <clears throat> and better than expected guidance. Um, yeah, you know, it's particularly encouraged by you know what Caterpillar and 3M both said. You know, two industrial companies. Um, you know, uh, and both of them talked about increasing end demand across all product segments and across all geographic regions in which they operate, uh, and that's encouraging commentary, and it, it fits very neatly into the whole uh, reflation theme that we that has helped push up stock prices here in recent weeks, and which is starting to weigh more on Treasury prices. So, you, you know, you want to hear uh, companies talk about an improved earnings momentum, and that's necessary, really, to help validate this move that we've seen in the stock market. And granted, you know, valuations look full, <clears throat> um, in, but you need to have that good earnings news uh, to support those full valuations. And, and currently, the market isn't finding any real incentive to to abandon its bullish bias because even though market rates have creeped up some of late, you know they remain relatively low, and you've got good earnings growth still shining through from some of your most important industrial companies, and um, you know, and of course you still have the this whole idea of tax reform hanging out there, and, and there appears to be, if nothing else, some momentum in the narrative that you could see something get done before the end of the year in that, on that front. And so what we talked about a few weeks ago, Rob, you know, when Warren Buffett said, look, I'm not selling because I think in a few months' time I could get the benefit of a lower tax rate and sell then. And I think that that continues to be a real important source of support here uh, for the market uh, as we move through the fourth quarter. Interesting stuff. Now, let's talk about the fourth quarter. Well, let's talk about earnings season. Uh, we've seen some, just across the board so far, some banks come out better than expected. Uh, but today, it's Caterpillar and 3M. But it's also a lot of other companies that are coming out and, and showing just real strong result, results. Um, this is a busy week for earnings season. Uh, do you think that kind of earnings momentum can continue? Because I don't think we were looking for this solid of a number of growth of earnings or... Is it one of the ones that we were overpromised and they cut expectations? And uh, it just feels like we're beating lowered expectations. Yeah, well, it, it's certainly going to be the latter case, uh, which is which is status quo, really. I mean, that's how right. Wall Street operates and how the market reacts. Uh, you have analysts that oftentimes will 
lower their numbers uh, just in front of the reporting period, and that has to do in large part with the fact that they have more complete source information that they that they use as inputs in their models and uh, than they do at the start of a quarter. And so you oftentimes see those estimates come down, and then lo and behold, you see the companies come out um, and and surpass those lowered earnings expectations. Oftentimes helped and uh, to a certain extent by share buyback activity that sometimes can be difficult to model for. Um, and uh, and a lower tax rate. So there sometimes are issues surrounding the quality of the earnings reports, but the fact of the matter is, is that S&P 500 companies in aggregate almost always come out and uh, and report a final earnings growth rate that's roughly about 2 to 3 percentage points above the consensus growth rate going into the reporting period. Um, so what we've seen, though, lately is that, you know, the actual uh, blended growth rate for the third quarter, according to FactSet, is, is 1.7 percent. Okay, so that's not that's not like super strong by any means, uh, but you're seeing stronger revenue growth, and at the same time, you're also seeing analysts hold fast to double-digit growth expectations for the fourth quarter and the first quarter, and that's what's really I think keeping the market. Um, uh, supported as well, so you're not seeing a real strong reaction to the to the earnings news overall in in a number of cases because a lot of stocks have run up ahead of those really strong reports. But at the same time, you're not seeing any real conviction on the selling side or the profit taking side uh, because investors are cognizant. I think that uh, you're going to see stronger earnings growth in the next few quarters. And again, like we talked about, uh, there's not an incentive right now for a lot of people to take profits because they want to potentially uh, they want to see if you potentially see a lower tax rate in the coming months. I kind of want to ask a specific question. I don't know if this is appropriate, but today I'm seeing McDonald's hit um, an all-time high, and I see that it's up roughly 90% in the last five years, and it's one of the big leaders this year. And yet, between you and me, we can candidly say we wouldn't let our children eat there. It's considered child abuse. It's the last kind of resort for food. Is it really food? Calling it a restaurant is kind of silly. Um, does it make any sense that a company like a McDonald's can hit a 52-week high and maybe even extrapolate that into, this is one of the reasons why individuals shouldn't use their personal biases picking stocks, because I'm biased against McDonald's, and yet it's one of the greatest stocks of all time. Right. Well, I, you know, I have to, uh, full disclosure, I'm not biased against McDonald's, frankly. So I have contributed okay. to those strong same-store sales results, uh, Rob, to be honest with you. <laughs> Um, but you know, look. Snob. It, it, <laughs> the, the thing about McDonald's, though, is that of course it's uh, it's quick and it's affordable. And uh, and while there are some obviously knocks against the nutritional aspects of what McDonald's can offer, uh, it, people are busy, right? Uh, dual income households uh, running around chasing kids, chasing jobs, not a lot of time, uh, and then frankly, not a lot of disposable you know income left over. Uh, and so McDonald's has a value proposition there that uh, that checks off you know some boxes for a lot of busy people. And I think it's it's showing up in the results. Um, uh, they have made efforts to improve their their nutritional offerings, and uh, at the same time, they are receiving the benefit now of a weaker dollar uh, and uh, and that strong value proposition that they continue to offer. Speaking of which, let's talk weaker dollar. That's one area that I don't play terribly smart with. Um, I just don't get it. It's tough for me to explain it on radio. It's tough for me to feel how do I describe that to listeners so they don't get confused. 
How much do you factor in weaker dollars when talking about record highs and uh, market outlooks and maybe even specific stock ideas? Well, I think, you know, over the long term, it kind of balances itself off, you know, because, um, you know, it it becomes cyclical in some ways. You have periods when the dollar is weaker and periods when it's stronger. And and over the long term, I think it it kind of evens itself out. So uh, it's it's the short-term swing factors that that come into play. So, and you're hearing that right now uh, from some of these multinational companies that they talk about, you know, the impact of foreign exchange and and so on a quarterly basis, you know, it does account uh, for something uh, when you have a, a weaker or a stronger dollar. And right now, uh, the trend in the dollar has been, um, uh, you know, weaker for the most part this year. And companies that do business overseas are, are getting the benefit of that uh, from a translation effect. And you're seeing that show up, I think, uh, Partly, you know, what we talked about is that you're seeing stronger revenue growth overall for the S&P 500, and that's being helped in large part by a lot of these um, multinational companies. Sounds good. We've got about 45 seconds left, so I'm going to just go ahead and plug briefing. Thanks very much. Uh, briefing.com is a great source of information, to both domestic and international. It's non-biased. Um, you can start your day there as I start my day there. Uh, with page one, I think it's a great way to start the markets, but there's a lot of information like story stocks, some of the coming IPOs. You can see what's hot. Um, as far as getting investor interest going, you can see some technical ideas. You can see some dividend plays. Uh, there's too much to explain in under a minute, but check out briefing.com and Patrick O'Hare at briefing.com. And congratulations on winning that award. I think that's pretty darn cool. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Welcome in, Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. We've got an event coming up. You can check out where, when, why. It's typically tied towards retirement income. It's typically in the Bay Area. And you can always use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. That's RADIO25 to get in for free. Uh, This event coming up in mid-November is in Los Gatos, and it is a Thursday event, so I will see you there. McDonald's sales top forecast. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Um, Same-store sales beat expectations in the third quarter, proving that cheap food uh, offers and a push into healthier options and customizable premium burgers were beating back competition. Um, it's, It's had a while where they're trying to reverse the core sales. Uh, they're under pressure from chains like Chipotle, Mexican Grill, and Panera Bread, amongst others. You know, introducing fresh beef quarter pounders, premium customizable sandwiches such as the signature sorracha, uh, as well as mobile ordering and delivery. There's fast food and casual dining segments, quick service restaurants, QSRs, and this is you know encouraging both for the market and for the customer share for. Uh, McDonald's, their competitors like Wendy's and Burger King, um, also are squeezing in on the trend of you know getting consumers out of their house and into their restaurants uh, and ordering their food. Uh, obviously, with a company like McDonald's, you're talking about investment—not investments, but exposure into China, UK, and Canada. So it's telling you a really big picture. Uh, revenue was about 5.75 billion dollars. You can see a lot of cows going down. Oh, don't say it. Don't say it. Um, you know, fleshing out the idea just a skosh more. Um, I want to add in or chime in just a little bit more on the 
uh, millennial and trying to get that millennial out there to buy food is not the easiest thing in the world. So we've recently seen, you know, some, uh, pretty crazy things as far as uh, product in restaurants like McDonald's and uh, Burger King and well, Taco Bell. Taco Bell, just in time for Halloween, is serving up something to me that's pretty scary. And I couldn't imagine uh, the, the, the three words uh, coming out of my mouth. I'd like a Kit Kat Chocodilla. Yo quiero Taco Bell. Um, that I can't ever imagine saying in life, but I just did. Taco Bell is testing a dessert product. So, well, that's good. At least it's not, you know, considered, you know, your primary source of uh, food uh, for dinner or lunch or breakfast. But the Kit Kat Chocladilla uh, going to be at select locations in Wisconsin through mid-November. Uh, melted chocolate and Kit Kat pieces folded in a flour tortilla. Sells for a dollar. It's cringeworthy to me. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry, just... <laughs> Get cringeworthy. In my belly. Uh-oh, Marco wants one. Uh, he wants two, he says. <laughs> two and he'll take two to go for the road. Take it home. Um, there you go. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Markets have just had an amazing run, and we're now moving into engagement season. Oh, no, don't say it. Uh, some of the most popular days to get ma- uh, engaged, uh, Thanksgiving through Christmas, or Thanksgiving through New Year's, I guess is the right way of saying it. Six of the ten most popular dates to get engaged land in December. Engagement season starts at Thanksgiving, and it runs through Valentine's Day. No! It's family time. People want to show mom and dad the ring and pop some champagne. No. <sighs> There's a website called rarecarrot.com, and it's carrot, C-A-R-A-T, rarecarrot.com, and it, it kind of compares diamond prices for you and ratings, and it's powered by IBM's Watson-powered search tool. It helps shoppers figure out typical stats for a stone in their budget, and, uh, areas where you can kind of like try to make it work for you. Me personally, I say go with the cubic zirconium. Uh, But also there's a story out there now that millennials are opting for rings made out of silicone. Difference between silicone and silicon. Just so you know, there is a difference. Uh, But uh, millennials are uh, opting for rings that cost $10 to $20 because you can do a lot with silicone. And um, as far as making beautiful diamonds, so not beautiful diamonds, but beautiful rings. And it's uh, way cheaper, if you know what I'm saying, than uh, going for a piece of, you know, well, a rock, ultimately. So a $20 rubber band instead is the idea. Traditional wedding rings can no longer keep up with the active lifestyles of a lot of couples. Uh, leading them to seek other options to show their loved one their commitment. I think this is a great idea. The silicone wedding ring. It's more durable, practical, and affordable. Uh, A lot of people uh, misplace their rings uh, for whatever activities they're doing, whether it's cooking or showering or, you know, athletic activities. Uh, Firefighters, military officers, they do it out of safety concerns. Um, So there's a company called Q-A-L-O, Quelo. Um, and basically just cause you're newly married and loving each other, you don't have to 
go out and spend thousands of thousand dollars on a ring. Um, everyone should be wearing these rings made out of silicone. They're strong and durable. They're hypoallergenic. Uh, they don't react to chemicals or acids. They're waterproof. They're non-toxic. And they cost $20 or less each. Quelo.com. It's Q-A-L-O. Um, consider it. So spend your whole life together. Don't spend your whole life uh, you know, paying back for dumb things like weddings and uh, wedding rings. Unless, of course, we get a sponsor that's in the wedding industry, then, of course, run up the bills, run up the tabs, run up the debt. It's the only way to live your life. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Find me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.